It's good to see you. I'm telling you, after vacation Bible school, when so many work so hard, many times that's when a lot of people play hooky. And I'm missing a lot of faces today, and I'm going to go with what Pastor Rodica said. They're taking a last-minute vacation before school starts. But if you're tuning in and you played hooky this morning, we forgive you. <laughs> we forgive you. How about everybody take your phones, if you have them, and go ahead and check in Christian Embassy. Let's get a lot of activity and traffic going. Let me tell you, maybe a word that will come forth will literally change someone's life for eternity today, and you just sharing it. Liking it will be maybe that which helps them tune in and hear a word that will literally change their life. That's our prayer that God would do supernaturally and miraculously in and through us to do uh, His will here on earth. And uh, so you feel free to do that. Uh, there's some churches that are a lot like movie theaters and they're, like, they're going to beat you up if you pull out electric, I mean, one of your electronic devices. But here we say, let's take what's in here out there. Amen. Let's take now don't sit here and play Fortnite or something like that. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying let's let's take what we're doing in here and take it out uh, for the glory of God. Praise God. Uh, there was a husband and wife. They, they, they got married and when they met to get married, they were amazed and man, God put us together. We, here we have the same birthday. And uh, so every year they celebrated their birthday on the same day as they were born. They got up to their 60th birthday. And uh, they said, man, this is a big milestone and said, you know, pastor's been preaching a lot on faith. Let's ask God for a miracle today. So they, get, they got in there and prayed and said, Lord, give us, give us a big miracle today. And the Lord said, what do you want? And the lady says, I want to be able to travel around the world. And he poof, she had tickets in her hand paid in full all around the world. And then the man said, well, I want a woman 30 years younger than me. And poof, he was 90. Don't tell me the Lord don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That one backfired. <laughs> Praise God. We want to pick up this, uh, this morning on what we've been looking at as the Spirit of the Lord has been giving us, I believe, a better revelation, understanding of uh, being a covenant keeper and the covenant of God. God is a covenant keeper. He tells us Deuteronomy 7 and 9, and he tells us also repeating in Psalms 105 and verse 8 that he keeps covenant unto a thousand generations. Uh, it's uh, in that phraseology of the Hebrew, it means you'll never see an end where he doesn't keep covenant. He keeps covenant forever and ever. Isn't that good to know that every covenant God gives us is a covenant that he's willing to keep until the end of the ages. And uh, so the question comes in, are we a covenant keeper? Are we going to enter into covenant with God and keep covenant with God? And the great thing about it is we don't have to go back and enter into an Edenic covenant or we don't have to enter into a Noahic covenant or we don't have to go and enter into an Abrahamic covenant or a, or a Davidic covenant or any of the covenants of the Old Testament. What Jesus did when he came on the scene, he says, I'm going to step in the role of a better high priest and I'm going to mediate a better covenant that encapsulates the best of all of them. Everything that's good, but I'm going to add even some more stuff to it. It's going to be a better covenant and it will not have any uh, expiration date on it because it won't be sealed with the blood of an animal, but it'll be sealed by the blood of the Lamb of God. I'll shed my own blood. And, uh, and it will be built on better promises. So the covenant that we have in Christ and through Christ gives us the best of all worlds and any of those worlds could only dream of the better promises that you and I have. We live in a good day. I'm telling you that. Praise God. If you remember the four uh, spring feasts as they started with Passover and ended with Pentecost, and that launched us into the church age. For Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they've been endued on, from on high with power. And then when uh, uh, they were, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, but you need power. You need power. So on the day of Pentecost, that fourth and final spring feast, uh, we see that uh, they were gathered in the upper room. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter preaches and 3,000 are saved. The church begins. That's the church age that we're a part of that has that better covenant that Jesus has given to us. But all of that is pointing to our three fall feasts that have not yet been fulfilled and that we still, all the feasts remind us of what's been done and what is yet to come. 
So the fall feast is showing us what is yet to come. So the first of the fall feast is four Sundays away, I think it is, September the 9th, <clears throat> right here, 5779. It'll be the new year as we step into God's new year. You say, well, I thought it was January 1. Well, that's what we did with our Gregorian calendar, but we got to get back to God's calendar, and we want to do it God's way and understand how God's seasons work. And this is a new season, a new year. The year 5779 will be uh, this January, uh, September the 9th. Now, as we step into this new year in preparation, we've got to understand our position in the covenant and how to operate with the covenant so that we can be laying the groundwork in preparation for this new year. And then when this new year begins, that we step into it in faith, walking into this new year uh, and this new season that God has for us. So I believe that in part is why God has had us on this series of a covenant keeper and seeing God as our covenant keep, a, a covenant keeper and calling us to be covenant keepers. So I ask you again, are you a covenant keeper? And you need to start answering that. Yes, I am. I, the more I understand the covenant, I've already prepared my mind. I'm going to keep covenant with God. I am going to keep covenant with God. Amen? And let me tell you what, you'll never regret that. Because, let me tell you, a lot of people see God as a, you know, a genie in a bottle. And, you know, you go up to him and you, you, you wipe the, you know, brush the, 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 the jar there, the bottle, and, and uh, he comes out and he grants you three wishes and that's it. And then after that, it's all over. But I'm here to tell you, God is not like a genie in a bottle. He doesn't run out of compassion. He is not short on power. He is a covenant keeper until the ends of the ages. And what he said he will do, he will do. And let me just go a little further and tell you today that he's not only going to do what he says he's going to do, he's going to do what he's already done. Because his covenant character and his covenant nature is that he does great exploits for his people. And then it seems as though part of his nature is he did that so that your faith would, would grow and that you would see it again and again and again. So what the Lord has done before, he wants to do it again. He wants to do it again. And that's kind of where we're going to be focusing today. Because when you need his help, he's still God. He is still holding the balance of the universe in His hands. I'm telling you, He's alert. He knows where you're at. He knows the very count of the number of hair on your head. He is positioned and He is more able to show you His miracle working power over and over and over again. If He did it once, He'll do it again. And I pray this morning this simple message will stir your faith to the place that you will reach back into the history of the miracle manifest of God and you will take hold of it and say God what you did then I'm pulling into my now what I saw you do then what I read about you doing then what I heard about you doing then I know you're a God that you've changed not and I'm by my faith my faith has got to the place I'm going to pull it into my today hallelujah praise God so I want us to look at just several things in the scripture where uh, it proves this point that God did these great exploits and miracles and it is his nature, it is his desire to do it again. One of them, I love the story of an oil well in a jar, if I can say it that way, where there's an oil well in a jar. See, see God did it once, you would think one time was enough, but no. This was started with 1 Kings 17. There was this widow of Zarephath. And the Bible says, Elijah said to her, do not fear and go and do as you have said. Remember Elijah said, fix me something to eat. And she said, we only got a little bread, a little flour, a little oil. I was going to fix the final cake. My, my son and I were going to eat it. The famine is so great we were going to die. So he says, do not fear. Go and do as you said, but first make me a small cake and bring it to me, and afterwards then you and your son can eat. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. See, when God speaks into a, a famine situation, there's a miracle about to take place. And I'm telling you, God's speaking through me this morning. He's speaking His Word, maybe into a famine situation in your life, and you need to hear, not Tim Lambert, you need to hear the Word of the Lord. They didn't need to hear Elijah, they needed to hear the Word of the Lord. And he said, the Lord of God of Israel says that the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. 
So she went and did as she, according to the word of Elijah, and she uh, and and gave it to him. And then the miracle took place, and they ate for many days. For the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. Day after day, week after week, until the famine ended, that little bit of oil that was enough to make one cake just kept producing and kept producing. There was an oil well in her jar, and it was according to the word which, uh, of the Lord which Elijah spoke. Now you say, well, that's a great miracle. That's just a neat thing, but you know what? That could never happen for me. Let me tell you what God has done before. He wants to do it again. Hallelujah. You can just go into 2 Kings 4, and you see the widow at Bethel there there's a certain woman the wives of the son of the prophets and her husband has died and she comes uh, to Elisha and she says you know your servant has died my husband now the creditors are coming in they're going to take my two sons as slaves to work off this debt and Elisha said to her what shall I do for you and she said well tell me what what do you have in the house he said and she said well your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil and he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels and set them aside, set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her sons and she and her sons as they brought the vessels to her and she began to pour it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another one. Give me another one. And he said, mom, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. There's retirement on that. There was an oil well in a jar. As long as they had faith to believe to bring in an empty vessel, there was oil coming forth out of the jar to fill those empty vessels. But the moment the faith ended and there was no more empty jars to be put there to be filled by God, let me tell you what, the oil dried up. I'm telling you, some of you right now, you need to get your empty jars out. And you need to say, God, you cause an oil well in a jar. In the times of past, you're a covenant keeping God unto a thousand generations. What you've done before, you want to do it again. And Lord, I've got faith to believe I can give you my empty vessel I can give you my empty container and that you will supernaturally cause that which cannot be done by the hand of man to be done by the hand of God to you be the glory and to you be the honor and every time that one gets full hand him another empty one another one and go grab your kid and get their empty one and go get your neighbor and get their empty one and let everybody participate in the supernatural manifest of God hallelujah there's another thing God did over and over, and that's parting the water. If you remember with Moses, it began with Moses and the children of Israel as they're coming out of Egypt, going to the promised land. They get to the Red Sea. In Exodus 14, 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and it says, The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea into dry land. I love God. He says, I'm not only going to take you through the water, but the water is known to make things muddy and wet. But I'll do a miracle beyond just parting the sea. I'll dry up the bottom of the floor as well so you can walk across on dry land. And those millions of Israelites walked out of Egypt and they went through the Red Sea, through the parted waters on dry land, headed to the promised land. Let me tell you though, but God is a covenant God who says, what I've done before, I've shown you my hand so that you, I want to do it again. It's like he says, I want to do it again. So now, years later, if you know, 40 years later, Joshua's at the Jordan River in Joshua 3, 15 and 16, and they're getting ready to go over, and it is flood season, and the Jordan River is flooded, and they've got the Ark of the Covenant with the priests and leading the way, and they're going into the Promised Land, but, but they've got this flood water. But they, remember, God did it before. He'll do it again. And those priests, when they put the feet, their feet into the uh, brim of the water, the Bible says that the water par uh, stopped, walled up from coming down from the north, and they went across on dry ground. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what God has done before, He will do it again. Somebody needs to get your faith up right now and know that. And you say, well, is that really God's nature? Well, if you go to 2 Kings 2 and 8, you see he did it again. This time, Elijah is at the Jordan, and he and uh, Elijah, they want to go across, and he rolls up his mantle, the Bible says, struck the water. It was divided, so the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Every time, dry ground. Hallelujah. See what God did before? He wants to do it again. And you say, man, that was there again, the Jordan River, supernaturally, 
parted and they crossed over on dry land. But guess what? What God did before, He'll do it again. You get into 2 Kings 2 and 14 and you see Elijah's been taken up to heaven and now there's Elisha and he's got Elijah's mantle and he's like, you know what? I've seen God do this before. I wonder if He'll do it again. And he took and he said, where's the God of Elijah? He says, come. And he struck the water with the mantle and the Bible says the water divided and he crossed over on dry ground. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you're faced with a red sea today, if you're faced with a, a, a turbulent uh, flood season where it looks like everything is leaking and everything is broken down and everything is flooding and everything is against you, don't you be discouraged. Don't you be discouraged. You have a covenant God who loves to part the troubled water. He loves to give you dry ground to pass through on. There's safe passage for you today, but your faith has got to rise up and say, I'm in covenant with a God, great God who is a water parting God. Hallelujah. And he can make a way through troubled waters for me today. You've got to have faith to believe and call on that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's another thing that I see him doing over and over again. It's called the rapture. See, God did it with Enoch. If you remember in Genesis 5, 24, it says Enoch walked with God and, he, and then he was not for God took him. He didn't die. He just, God just whoop, took him up into the heavens. Hallelujah. You say, well, God did that special thing for Enoch. Man, that's awesome. But let me tell you what, he's a covenant keeper God. And what he did before, he wants to do again. There was a time, the Bible says in 2 Kings 2 and 11, where Elijah was there. And Elijah's just walking. And he's talking. And he's still ministering. And in the midst of that, a chariot of fire, horses of fire, the Bible says, parted. And all of a sudden, Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind into heaven. Hallelujah. What God did before, He'll do it again. But you say, well, that's Old Testament. Let me tell you what. What He did in the Old, He'll do even better in the New Testament. If you'll get into Acts 1, 9, and 11, you'll see there was Jesus talking to His disciples. He'd been, he'd been resurrected. He was in 40 days. He'd been walking and talking and ministering to them. But the Bible says that he, as He was talking to them, He was taken up into the clouds. He was taken up into the heavens. Hallelujah. And He was raptured up. Praise God. And, and the Bible says that they're just standing there looking up like, where'd He go? Where'd He go? And the angel said, you got to go do what He told you to do. What did He tell you to do? Go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem and tarry until you've been endued on high from on high with power. So they were instructed, you got there's work to do. There's a church that Jesus wants to build that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But let me tell you what, God's got a plan for this church, this thing called the church that we're a part of. Hallelujah. What he's done before, he's going to do it again. And he tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God. That's Rosh Hashanah. That's the correlation of Rosh Hashanah, the rapture. Okay. The dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be what? Caught up! Caught up! in the air there to meet Him in the clouds uh, and forever be with the Lord. What He's done before, He's going to do it again. I'm telling you, He raptured up. If you'll just remember Enoch gone, if you'll remember Elijah gone, if you'll remember Jesus taken up, but there's coming a day that if you and I will stand faithful to Him uh, in the twinkling of an eye, He's going to take the church up as well in His plan that He has for His kingdom. Hallelujah. What he's done before, he'll do it again. Amen. Same thing with the Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power. God did it in the upper room. Remember the 120 gathered there as they, Jesus had told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry until they were endued from on high with power. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2. There came Holy Spirit power. And let me tell you what. If you remember, we were dead in our sin. But God, through Jesus Christ, His Son, made a way for us to be born again. For that dead part of us to be brought to a newness of life. Hallelujah. So you're not only physical, you're not only flesh, you're not only soulish, you're spirit man as well. Spirit, soul, and body. So your spirit is born again. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit, baptizes into the body of Christ when you place faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. So that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ when you believe. But Jesus says there's another baptism that you need. 
You need to be baptized by me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because with that comes power. When your spirit man is born again, when your spirit man is alive, your spirit man needs guidance from the Holy Spirit. It needs instruction from the Holy Spirit. It needs empowerment from the Holy Spirit. So, so you've got to get spirit connected. That's why the church, when we were birthed, we were birthed on the day of Pentecost. We were birthed with the Holy Ghost power and, 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 and that communication lines being opened up. That's why we must, we must embrace. The world will shame you. There are denominations who will shame you. There's people who are scared of things they don't understand. But if they'll just get in the Word of God and see God has a plan. God has a plan, let me tell you. And His plan is amazing. His plan is supernatural. And you were once being led by the flesh and it was leading you to death and destruction. But now you're born again. You can be led by the Spirit. So your spirit's got to learn to communicate with the Holy Spirit and receive from the Holy Spirit and God's got a holy language between the two let me tell you what and he tells us as we pray in the Spirit we are built up and that built up is is a construction word it's like it's like there was some there was something broken in there but the, the Spirit of God is we, we communicate spirit to spirit as we pray in the Spirit as we sing in the Spirit the Holy Spirit has access to come in and build you up strong on the inside a lot of people try to be a Christian being strong on the outside and it never works I'm telling you got to get it in the inside. you got to get strong on the inside. you got to have faith on the inside that when you're faced with a fiery furnace, you said, I'm not going to bow. My God's able to deliver me, but if He doesn't deliver me, I'm going through it. I'm not going to bow. I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up my faith. And, and, and guess what? Jesus showed right up with them, and He'll show up right with you. But we've got to learn by walk by faith. Hallelujah! What He's done before He'll do it again. So He filled them with the Holy Spirit in there speaking in other tongues in the, as the Spirit gives them utterance. But guess what? You get down to Acts chapter 10, verse 44. And here's Peter while he's there preaching the Word of God. The Holy Spirit fell upon everyone who was listening to the Word of God. And it says, And those of the circumcision believed were, believed were astonished. So these believers, these Jewish believers were astonished. And, and they came to Peter because uh, uh, they just couldn't believe it that these uncircumcised Gentiles, these people who aren't supposed to be of the covenant, were receiving this covenant power, receiving this covenant uh, a transfer of heaven on earth as they were being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And it says, as they spoke, it magnified God. See, that's why the devil wants to scare you. That's why the devil wants to silence you. That's why the devil wants to intimidate you. Because when you pray in the Spirit and when you sing in the Spirit, you magnify God. You're not only is your spirit being built up, not only are you getting divine uh, strategy from heaven, your mind doesn't understand it because your mind would mess it up. Look at what else your mind's messed up. Just go ahead and give me the list. I know it's a book by now. Our mind has tried to figure stuff up and we've messed it out. But you have divine access to the wisdom of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who understands the creative order and understands the makeup of our body and understands how a brain of gray matter can be the amazing computer it is. He made all of that. And you have access to his wisdom in and through His Spirit, Spirit to Spirit, so it is not contaminated with the doubt or contaminated with the wrong things we've learned in our soulish realm or in our physical realm. He did it with those that Peter were preaching to. He did it on the day of Pentecost. But if you get to Acts 19 and 6, you see it again. Here, Paul is there coming up to John, uh, John the Baptist's disciples and says, have you been baptized? And they're like, oh yeah, we've been baptized in water. And, uh, you know, John the Baptist baptized in water, you know. And he's like, well, that's good, that's good. But have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? And they said, well, no, we hadn't heard about that. And it says that Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. They went from just being baptized in water, which is good, to now supernaturally prophesying because they've connected to the power source. I've said this example before and I'll use it again. You give me a big shiny toaster that says I'll toast your toast faster than any toaster and I will do it with the least energy efficient because I'm just the coolest toaster on planet earth. And I put me some toast in there and I come back later and that bread's still as white and soft. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I push it down again and that thing won't toast. I'm ready to throw it out the door. But upon inspection, I find that there's a three-pronged plug in the back that has not been plugged into the power source. 
And let me tell you what. I'd rather take an old rusty thing that I gotta hold it down in order to get my toast done that's plugged into the power source than some big shiny thing that doesn't produce. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, the church will become the big shiny thing and we'll build our steeples and we'll build our churches and we'll build our traditions and we'll build our rituals and it'll all be so ritual and all so spooky and all so whatever that people think, wow, this has to be God. Wow, this has to be God. This too big cathedral it has to be God these high ceilings has to be God these big steeples they have to be God this blowing smoke down the, this has to be God this thing is so spooky only an elite can learn about it this has to be God but it's a big shiny toaster and when people's life needs some power we plug and we put into it and it gives us nothing it gives us nothing it gives us nothing oh God help Christian Embassy never to be a big shiny toaster that's never plugged in I say let's take that three prong plug and plug it into the power and get the power flowing so that we will do what we said we will do. That we'll do what we were created to do. That we will be light in this world. That we will be soft in this earth. That we'll be the answer to people's question. That we will be the connecting source of the power of God and the Spirit of God to flow into this world. Hallelujah. What He did before, He'll do it again and again and again. And it may be time that we inspect our own life to see if we're plugged into the power source. To see if we're plugged into the power. I'm telling you, we need the power. I'm not ashamed of you, Holy Spirit. My spirit prays to you and in the language you've given me. And you speak to my spirit. And when I get an idea, I see that idea. I just spoke to someone here this morning. The Lord said, tell them. Tell them to expect something supernatural this week. That there's something that's been a, a blockade. There's something that's been holding them back. There's something that's been a challenge. He said, but they're going to see the breakthrough. And I, I said, I didn't, I didn't have that in my brain. I didn't have that in my notes. I didn't have that from, from somebody else. I got it from the Spirit of God. I couldn't hear what the Spirit says if I didn't learn to communicate with the Spirit. Hallelujah. We've got to. Paul says, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you. And I pray that all of you would pray in the Spirit. We've got to realize part of our armor, part of our weaponry is the Holy Ghost. We don't realize that. But you get there where he's talking about the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he talks about that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God and that shield of faith, which will quench all the fiery dark. But he says, praying always in the Spirit. Come on, church. We gotta, we gotta say, we gotta do it God's way. It may not be popular for YouTube. It may not be popular for the trendy group. But I'm telling you, when the trendy group get to a place they need the power of God and when you two get to the place they need the power of God they're not going to the shiny toaster that's giving them nothing over and over again they'll go wherever they're finding the power source and the power supply of God that is healing and delivering and raising up the dead hallelujah what he's done before he'll do it again I see in my own life he has done this over and over as I look back over the 53 years He's always come through. He's always come through. Let me tell you what. He tells us in His Word in Lamentations 3 and 22 that He will not fail us because His compassions, His compassions, they fail not. Let me tell you what. His compassions will never fail you. Let me tell you what. You may have been disappointed, but it wasn't by God. You may have been let down, but it wasn't by God. Because God says He cannot fail us. He will not fail us. Failure is not in His vocabulary. It is not in His resume. You say, but I called on God and nothing happened. Let me tell you what. It wasn't God. It wasn't God. You go ahead and indict Him. He's big enough to take the indictment. But let me tell you what. In the court of real life, it wasn't God. I'm just telling you that. It may be a faith issue where we need to get our faith built up because the Bible talks about we need to build our faith up, but it also talks about we need to have a long-lasting faith, one that doesn't give up under trial, one that doesn't speak negative in the midst of a, a negative situation because you can get doubt and unbelief working against your faith and, and you will hinder, you will stop. Let me tell you what, it may have been that there's a severe uh, uh, a battle going on and Satan has t uh, targeted you and there's this battle, you've got to fight it. You've got to fight it. That's why he gave you weapons. 
lemons. He didn't say, I've given you a hammock to lay there and drink you some lemonade. He said, you're in a warfare. There are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places that you've got to contend against. You've got to take the name of Jesus and bring them into the obedience of his name. You've got to exercise some authority if you know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. I know in my own life he's never forgotten me. There may be times I thought he did, but he didn't. And I look back and now I repent because he didn't. In Isaiah 49 and 15, he says, I will never forget you. Never! Never! You say, well, I feel like he... he that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. That lie is playing on your emotions right now. He has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. You may not know how and you may not know when, but I'm here to remind you today that God is a God who will do it again and again and again and again. You just got to keep your faith in Him. Weary not in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not in due season. You got to worry about not fainting. You got to be focused on not fainting, staying plugged in by faith, appropriating and pulling on what God has said. God has never failed me. I remember, and I've shared my testimony so many times of sickness that I dealt with in younger years, and, and they were debilitating. But let me tell you what, God healed my body, and at 53, I'm running up and down attic stairs and running up and down uh, flights of stairs and running better than I've ever done. Hallelujah. And it's not because of me, but it's because of the healing power of God. I'm telling you, God has given me guidance all the days of my life. I remember coming here, somebody said, what are you doing in Virginia, Carolina boy? And, uh, and I was South Carolina, so that means they were saying it with a real cut, you know. North Carolina guys get off because you got North connected to you. But, but when you got South connected to Carolina, man, that is like you. What you doing up here in Virginia? I said, I'm, I'm not in Maryland. I mean, I'm down here. I thought I'm safe ground here, you know. What you doing here? We got more churches than we know what to do with. There's a church on every corner. Get back down to Carolina. I said, God sent me here with vision. And they said, well, vision for what? I said, for an international ministry that will be spirit-filled and spirit-led, that will, God will use to reach around the world and raise up a people, a mighty people, a people of, of, of great victory here in the Hampton Roads area. And they said, you don't even know what makes up the Hampton Roads area. I said, but I'm going to learn because I've got a vision. See, God gave me a vision for this church before there was a church. And here we are today enjoying part of that vision being fulfilled. Hallelujah. God has never failed in guidance. And He'll never fail you if you'll listen to Him. God's never failed me in finances. He's met every need according to His riches and glory. You remember, guys, you're in this building project with us, and it was like, there is no way. The bank said, there is no way. Builders said, there is no way. Folks said, what are you trying to do? We said, we heard God say, rise and build. And we're just obeying the voice of God. And I could tell you, I could keep you here till midnight telling you the miracle after miracle after miracle of many of you have been and are part of that miracle that God did to get us to this place this day. So we know we don't have to worry about going forward because what He's done to get us here, He can do again to get us further. Hallelujah. He's met our needs according to His riches and glory. I look at my need of friendship. And God has given me His Son, who is my friend, who sticks closer than a brother. Let me tell you what, Jesus can be your best friend as well. And then He gave me a wife who is my closest and dearest friend, my best friend ever, ever. We enjoy our time together going on 23 years, and we just love it, love it, love it. And then my three children, we're best friends. We have so much fun together. We laugh. We make fun of each other. They make fun of me. You know, okay. <laughs> but, but, but we have... A great time. And then God has given me all of you, <clears throat> the family of embassy. My, I just could weep thinking about the goodness of God. And God is no respecter of persons. What He's done for me, He'll do for you. Hallelujah! What He's done before, He'll do it again. <clears throat> Acts 10 and 34. I have to give you that verse of Scripture so you know it's not just uh, words that I'm saying. God is not a respecter of persons, Acts 10, 34. He is not a respecter of persons. You can write that down. You can look it up. God is not a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. So I've said what God has done in times of old. He's done it again and again and again. Let me tell you what He's done in my life. Praise God, He'll do it again. What He's done in your life, He'll do it again and again. So I ask you this morning, do you need financial help? Let me just remind you, God has an oil well in a jar for you. <laughs> Amen. 
Do you need to get somewhere and it looks like circumstances are, are holding you back? God has parted the waters and given dry ground to, tra uh, uh, to transfer on and He'll do the same for you. Amen. Maybe you're on your way to a lion's den. I'm telling you, God has shut the lion's mouth and protected his own. He'll shut the lion's mouth. Is there a lion trying to take you out? He'll shut their mouth. Somebody needs to receive that right now. The hand of God is going to shut. The very nature of a lion is to roar and to, and to eat that meat, but God came against the very nature. That natural had to be impacted by the supernatural. Maybe there's some natural demons that are trying to come against you and gnaw their way at you, but you need to rejoice right now. What God did for Daniel, He'll do for you. He will shut the lion's mouth. Amen. Maybe you're faced with a fiery furnace. Don't give up. Don't you bow down. Come on. Don't you give in. He's going to bring you through it. He'll bring you through it. Not a hair is going to be singed. There's not even going to be the smell of smoke on your clothes. And He will walk you through that fiery trial. He'll be right there. Just look for Him. Hallelujah. What He's done before, He'll do it again. Did you know He'll also do things for you spiritually again and again? Are you lost without God? Revelation 22 and 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Look at there. Whoever desires. Has anybody got a desire today? Let him take the water of life freely. Anybody got a desire to know God? To love on God? To invite God into your life? to invite God into your family and your circumstances, He says, all you got to do is come. All you got to do is come. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Call on Him today. Call on Him today. Say, Lord, I'm not going into September the way I've been in here in August. I am going into September as a child of God. I'm coming up to Rosh Hashanah, a new year, a child of God. I come to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here and you, you love the Lord, but you're speak, uh, seeking the strengthening power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, Luke 11 and 13, Jesus says, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? Luke 11 and 13. All you got to do is ask. That's what Jesus said. How much more? Heavenly Father going to give? All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. Oh, I thought I had some spiritual calisthenics to go through. No, just ask. God, fill me. Fill me. Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? I'm about to fall down right now. Whoo! Glory to God. He will fill you with His presence and His power. Maybe your spiritual batteries are dead. I go between services and go back here and one of the things I'm recharging is I've been perspiring in the first service and, and I'm rehydrating, but I'm also changing the batteries in my, my lapel mic because I've tried to go before and in the middle of this service it just go dead. And I'm like, we're not having that anymore. I've got to get recharged and I don't have rechargeable batteries. So I just replace the batteries, okay? Well, let me tell you what. Your spiritual batteries may need to be replaced. They may be dead. Well, I'm here to tell you God can revive you again. God is a God of revival. He wants to revive His people. Let me just give you an assignment this week. I'm asking you to take Psalms 119 and to read it every day of this week. Just read that whole chapter every day of this week. And I want you to see what God is saying and I want you to see what the Spirit of the Lord would have you pray and receive. Because God wants to revive you. He has revived men and women of old and He wants to revive us today. He wants a revival in your house. He wants a revival in your finances. He wants a revival in your health. He wants a revival in your relationship. He wants a revival in your mind, in your spirit. He wants a revival in this church. Yes, Lord God, we open the door for you to bring a revival in this church to change our batteries if we could say it that way that we might rise up. Hallelujah. I got one of those little uh, aerator foam things that I like to take some warm milk and froth it 
and then add my espresso to it. I, I, some people like espresso because they like coffee. I like a dessert that has a coffee flavor. Okay, so I puff up that whole cup, that little bit of milk, and that puffs up like that, and then I put my espresso in there, so I've got me a coffee-flavored uh, a dessert. Well, there's times it, I, I'm using it, it's a battery-operated, and I'll put it in there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and it won't froth the milk. And every time it's not performing correctly, I know I've only got to do one thing. I've got to take six steps over to a drawer that I have on my island in my kitchen and pull it out. And if these kids have not used all of my batteries on all of their remote devices, I've got me some double A's in there. And I pull those double A's out and I shoot them in that little thing. And I walk back over that milk and I say, well, baby boy, you're going to froth up now. And I stick it in there. And that, you know, like that right there. That's, what, that's how we are. Sometimes we seem not very effective. We're still going around doing the same thing, but it, it doesn't seem very effective. What we need is we need a recharge. We need a reviving of God in our life. Look at some of these, what the psalmist wrote. He said, my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. That means this word wants you revived. The word of God, the standard of God wants you to live with a power and live with a, rev a, rev a, rev a revival spirit of God in you he says in verse 40 behold I long your precepts revive me in your righteousness hallelujah he says in verse 88 revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth God what you said the church should be and who the church should be is what I want to live I want my life to live up to the testimony of your mouth and the only way I can do it is not by might and not by power but by your spirit saith the Lord I need some Holy Ghost I need the revival of God in my life. He says, I'm bruised and broken, overwhelmed by all of this stuff. So God, I need a revival. Breathe life into me again by your living word. I pray as I'm preaching the living word right now that the breath of God is coming back into you. That there's some CPR that is taking place right now. That there's some mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation taking place. And what it looked like was dead in your life. It said, no, the miracle is not yet manifest. No, the promise is not yet fulfilled. No, I'm not letting go and I'm let, letting over. I'm telling you the reviving power of God can come into any situation, any circumstance and raise us back to life. Hallelujah. He said in verse 149, Hear my voice according to your loving kindness, O Lord. Revive me according to your justice. It's the legal. It's legal for you to be revived. It's, it's, the, it's, it's how you're supposed to be. It's kind of like driving out on some of these interstates. And it tells you this. It'll say minimum speed is 45. Maximum speed is 65. If you're driving under 45, you're breaking the law as much as if you're driving over 65. Because they know it causes danger when you drive beneath that minimum speed limit. I'm saying today, that is the law. And you say, wait a minute, I'm not speeding. No, you're not driving fast enough. Well, when we lose our fire, and we lose our compassion, and we lose our anointing, and we lose our, our faith, that sharp faith in our life, and we lose our declaration, and we lose our willingness to move forward in the power of God. We're driving too slow and we're causing damage. It's better, Jesus said, that you be hot or cold. That lukewarm's going to cause problems to the church. I say we need a revival so we can put the pedal to the metal and we can start driving at the speed of miracles that God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Psalms 143, he says, verse 11, Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your name's sake. Wow. God's put His name on the line. God st stood up to Satan and said, I'm not giving you this earth. I'll take the keys back from death, hell, and the grave. Take them back as Jesus did. And I'll give that authority over all your power, devil, to the church. <clears throat> so God's put His name on the line. And when we act like a, a shiny toaster that's not plugged into the power, we, we do more harm to the namesake of God. It's time for the power. It's time, and we need a revival. We need a revival. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. What He's done before, He'll do it again. He'll do it again. You look at what Jesus did in the Gospels. There's one occasion, it says, He, he took a little boy's lunch and He fed 5,000 men. 
<clears throat> their wives and the children. 15, 20,000, doesn't really say, but it's 5,000 men. Another place says he took and he fed 4,000. Some theologians say, ah, somebody got mixed up there. It's the same story. If you understand our covenant God, who he did it once and he'll do it again, to show us that he'll do it again and he'll do it again, <clears throat> then what, that's just another story of it. It's like one time he rebukes the wind and the wave as he's walking on the water, and another time he rebukes the wind and the wave as he's sleeping in the boat. Another time he walks up to a lame man at the pool of Shalom and says, get up, take up your bed and walk. Another time they're letting a paralyzed man through the roof and he says, take up your bed and walk. Another time he walks up to the blind man and he says, what would you have me do for you? And he says, oh, that I might see him. And he heals the blind man. And another time he puts mud on the blind man's eyes and he sends him away. It's different, but it's the same because he's just repeating himself. He's showing you, don't limit me. Don't limit me. There was a time when a woman who had an issue of blood said, you know, if I could have got faith, he called her daughter. So she was of covenant. And she said, this covenant I'm in, and this is not the better covenant that we have, but the covenant she had, she says, it allows for healing. It allows for healing. And he said that he would rise with it and there would be healing in his wings. And, and that's referring to the hymn and the, and, and the pomegranates and the things. It's called the, the wings of the priest. And she, had, she was in covenant. And she said, he's coming and I can't get up to him, but there's the wings. And if I can but touch the hem of his garment, my covenant says that he would come with healing in his wings. Hallelujah. So if I can touch the coat, she had faith to believe for that. She pressed through the crowd. The doctors couldn't help her. Money couldn't help her. Family couldn't help her. The crash diets couldn't help her. The fasting couldn't help her. The eating, eating green couldn't help her. Going to Whole Foods couldn't help her. Going, I'm telling you, she was in a bad place. She was in a bad place. But she knew there was a covenant. And she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus says, virtue has gone out of me. Who touched me? And they said, everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me in a, in a special way. And then the Bible says, he says, daughter. That's a covenant word, daughter. You are healed. Your faith has made you whole. But then it says in Matthew 17, I think, then after that, many... And everyone who came and touched his clothes were healed. She opened up a whole new way of healing. And then God says, if I've done it before, I can do it again. I'll do it again. So now he's doing it again over and over. Hallelujah. You need something from God. Find it. Find it in the Word. And if you can't find it in the Word, find it in covenant, in concept, and go a whole new level. Just go. You don't have to be limited to what has been done. You can go a whole new level like this woman did. Hallelujah. He'll do it again. Everyone. Matthew 8, 16, 17. Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. Does that leave anybody out? No. It's everyone who came to Jesus was healed. Everyone. And Jesus said in John 14 and 9, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he said in John 5 and 30, I can of myself do nothing as I hear I judge as my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own but the will of the Father. So I'm here to do the will of the Father who sent me. So is it God's will to heal? Everyone that came to Jesus was healed. And Jesus said, I'm not here even doing my will, I'm doing the will of the Father. In 1 John 3 and 8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus says, I'm not here to negotiate with the demons. I'm not here to make a, a, a trade deal with, with the spirits of infirmity. I'm here to destroy them. I'm here to destroy them. That cancer, I destroy. That emphysema, I destroy. That blood disease, I destroy. That thing that's weakened in your heart, I destroy. I am here to destroy it. 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole, what? Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. That word blameless means without any weakness and without any brokenness. you got the Word to stand on, church. You've got the Word to stand on. That your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless without weakness and brokenness at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has healed before. He will heal again. 
He has healed before. He will heal again. The Bible says in Psalms 105, 37, when the children of Israel left Egypt, not one faltered or was feeble. Whoo! Now they didn't have the covenant we have. And there's millions, millions of slaves who have known nothing but hardship and lack are leaving supernaturally restored. Not one feeble, not one falter. Moses was 120 years old when he died and his eyes were not dim, the Bible says, nor his natural vigor diminished. Deuteronomy 34 and 7. Joshua 14 and 10, he says, you remember they came back after the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, and he says, here I am 85. Here I am, Joshua, I'm 85. This is uh, Caleb's, and I'm 85, and, and I'm as strong as I was the day Moses first brought us here. So give me that mountain, which, and let me take that where the giants live. He said, like, give me that mountain. Hallelujah, at 85. You say, well, I've, I've aged out. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Plug your toaster back in. Plug your toaster back in. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as an eagle. The Bible says that your youth will be restored like the eagle. There's a revival, restoration, healing power of God that can give us more in our latter years than we had in our former years so that we're not leaning on the strength of the former years so that God may get all the glory. Hallelujah. Let me try to wrap this thing up. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. What are His benefits? He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah! Somebody needs to get Psalm 103 and let that be your rock that you stand on. There's a storm coming against you. There's wind blowing against you. There's rain pouring in on you. But you get on this rock of Psalm 103 and say when this wind ceases and when this storm passes and when this rain dries up, I'm not going to be like the house on the sand that fell, but I'm going to stand strong because I'm standing on the promises of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus healed the blinded eye, He'll do it again. He healed the deaf ears, He'll do it again. He healed the dumb tongues, He'll do it again. He healed the lame men, He'll do it again. He healed the lepers, He'll do it again. He healed those with palsy, He'll do it again. He healed those with issues of blood, He'll do it again. He healed those with internal chronic sickness, He'll do it again. I'm telling you, any brokenness, bones, organs, muscles, ligaments, arteries, veins, anything, He'll do it again. Hallelujah. And he said he'll do it again. Believe it or not, in this new covenant, he'll do it through those he sends in his name. Now what are we called when we surrender and get plugged into him? Christians. The Christ-like ones. The ones of Christ. Come on now. So what he wants to do in this new covenant is work through us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and 8, right? He's the same. Say he's the same. Come on, he's the same. Look what he said in John 14 and 12. My final scripture. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, am I reading it right? The works that I do, he, who is he? Who is he? He who believes, right? He will do it what? Also, also, again, also. But look what he, he, he kind of just says, just to show you that I'm not stuck in the mud, but I'm a 21st century God. I'll even ratchet this thing up. You will do greater works. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. See, God, Jesus said, we got a plan. Father and I, we got a plan. Holy Spirit and I got a plan. And we're going to do it through all of you. Jesus was limited to one place, geography at one time. But now Jesus, through you, can go and manifest the glory of God. Every footstep you take, you can expand the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there anybody here today that can say, I needed the word to remind me. I needed my faith stirred. I needed to hear from God today because I've got some things I'm going into this week that I really didn't know how I was going to handle it. I didn't know exactly the best way to do it. But now I'll look back in my covenant God who has recorded everything He's ever done that He wants me to know so that I can see what He's done and I can have faith to believe He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. I'm not going to tell you what to believe for because I don't want to limit you with me telling you. But I'm here to tell you whatever it is. Whatever it is. No matter how momentous it is. No matter how, how terrifying it may seem. God is greater. God is stronger. God is bigger. God is better. And God wants to work that miracle through you. This week. I pray you'll come back here next Sunday with a book written of testimonies of the great things that you believe God for this week. And you can give Him testimony and do it. Would you stand with me, please? Father, as we stand in Your presence here today, Lord, we first and foremost know that none of this can be entered into until we enter into a relationship with You. So, Father, in case there's someone here today or tuning in who has not entered into that relationship or they're unsure, guide me now, Holy Spirit, that I may guide them into this encounter with You. So if you're here this morning and you maybe have never made a commitment to God or you've never entered into this relationship through Jesus Christ, it's all about relationship. He has the door open for you right now and He's saying, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. The church and the Spirit of God working together is saying, come. God's not going to come there and grab you and drag you. He's saying, it's, it's invitation and if you're willing to come. You say, well, how do I come? Paul said it this simple. That if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if you believe that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God, that Jesus Christ has made a way for you, He is the bridge back to the Father. He is the bridge of reconciliation for us. And you're willing to step out on Jesus and what He did for you, going to the cross and on the cross, in the grave, resurrected, and now ascended on high, seated at the right end of the Father, Father interceding for you. If you're willing to step on what He has done for you and walk out on this bridge, He says you must confess with your mouth that from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. And Lordship means I surrender to His rule and reign. I surrender to His great love. I surrender to His amazing plan that He has for me. I don't understand it all, but I trust Him. And I give my life to Jesus. I repent. I don't want to live the way I've been living. I don't want to operate in my own strength. I want to start flowing in the strength of God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Let this be your prayer. Cleanse me, Lord. White as snow. Cover me with your blood. Purge me, Lord. Make me your righteousness as I surrender to you, Jesus. And if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, that means you've got to now start telling people, I'm a Christian, I'm living for Jesus. I have given my life to Jesus. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill the plan God has for me. I'm following Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says that act of faith expressed through your confession, believed in your heart, will cause a supernatural miracle to take place where the Holy Spirit will bring you into the body of Christ baptize you into the body of Christ but let me tell you what now as you're a part of the body of Christ God has created this body to operate with power 
So now He tells us, now that your spirit man is made alive, now your spirit needs to be filled with the Spirit of God. You need to pray, fill me. You need to pray for the gift. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, if you'll ask the Father, He'll give you freely the gift of the Holy Spirit. God, plug me into the power. Plug me in that I can draw on the source of heaven to bring forth your glory here on earth. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Pray that. And then the Bible says they begin to speak. They begin to speak. They begin to speak. They didn't wait till something took over them. God didn't work that way. They begin to speak. And then the Holy Spirit gave the utterance. It's like learning a new language. But it's not a language you understand in your mind because it's not meant to be corrupted by the limitations of your mind. It's to be incorruptible, spirit to spirit, a heavenly language. And you begin to pray in the Spirit. You begin to sing in the Spirit. God, I'm praying right now that we will become a congregation that will, in our times of worship, that we'll just be led of you, Holy Spirit, and we'll just begin to sing in the Spirit. Oh, God, those are the most beautiful, beautiful times I've ever experienced in my life. Some of the most powerful times I've ever seen in my life when we just begin to praise you in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just say, fill me now, Lord. God, in this atmosphere as your Spirit is flowing freely, fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then begin to speak as He will give you syllables. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Fill us as a church. Lord, we want to plug in. We want to plug in. We don't want to be a shiny toaster that produces nothing. Lord, we want to plug into the power. Oh, Lord, we want to plug into your power source. Oh, let your people, Lord God, welcome you, Holy Spirit. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this building. We welcome you in this church. We welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our congregation. We welcome you in our life. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Revive us. Revive your church. Revive us as your people, Lord.